uh, uh, in, in as far as that, it makes it even more weird. <laughs> That's not so, isn't it? If I ever see you in that costume, I'm just going to punch you in the nuts if you come down our aisle. People still like to see the voices come out of my face. Make sure that the funniest word is at the very end. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 80 of In the Springs. I'm your host, Ryan Lowry. On today's show, I sit down with veteran stand-up comedian Mark Britton, better known as China Man. This episode was recorded at the legendary Looney's Comedy Corner right here in Colorado Springs. Without further ado, sit back and enjoy because stand-up comedian China Man is In the Springs. on this fucking support fucking thing that goes across the goddamn I mean this is made out of the same fucking springs hang on I, tried to I recognize you. these they took some of these out of my bed from my fucking in my fucking headliners room cause it's the same damn springs dude and that bed in the headliner room have you been in that feature room I haven't I haven't uh uh-uh. uh they so, got two beds in that feature room yes, they got two uh, uh, twin beds <laughs> Twin beds. It's it like, looks like Lucy, Ricard, just, Ricky, Lucy and Ricky in there. I was just thinking the same thing. I told thing. him, what are you going to do? You're going to get laid, and then you're going to tell the girl, hey, sorry, you got to sleep in that other bed. Apart. Yeah, we can't. We can't. We, this is, these beds ain't made for cuddling. All right, All right, Mark. We're off to a good start. Let's do it. All right, Mark Britton, China man. <clears throat> what is up? Can you smell what the wok is cooking? Yes. <laughs> There you go. Sound check. What's up? All good. Sound check. We got it, partner. How are you doing, man? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Oh, good. Now, you get back here to Looney's, what, a couple times a year? No. In fact, uh, I have not been here in about four years, five, four or five years. Nope. I used to. I used to. Now, what, what's with the dry spell? How come you... Uh, well, uh, pay has had gone down for a while uh, 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 in, in, as far as... In general? Or? In general, yeah, throughout yeah. the whole industry. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, and I had taken like a year hiatus when I went to uh, Vegas. I had my own show in Vegas. And then I took a year hiatus and I came back and everybody was like, well, pay has changed and things are bad. And, and it was kind of like, well, you know, I, I really couldn't afford to tour to a lot of places. You know, airfare was eating it up. With right. uh, with just the price of oil, that was when oil was a uh, hundred dollars oh. a barrel. Yeah, yeah. We're right now at twenty seven dollars a barrel. So I mean, you think that it travels a little more accommodating yes, for yes? Well, yeah. it was about three seventy five a, a gallon, three 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 bucks a gallon. Whenever whenever uh, for the last three years, right? I mean, so right. So yeah, I haven't been able to travel until just now, and and my kids are now nineteen and twenty, which means that they don't. You know, th- th- they're chipping in on rent now. I know right. my, my friends are very impressed that my kids are paying rent now. Because the way I, th- I said it was, Dad wants to go back out on the road, all right? Yeah. I, I, you guys are tired of having me here, tired of having Mr. Mom breathing down your neck. Because <laughs> as soon as I sit at home, I become the nurturer. You know, my wife becomes the one that goes and makes money. I sit at home and cook. I do all of the, I do all of the sweet, I, I, I know, they come home and they're, they, they're just like, hey, what's for dinner? And I'm just like, man, these kids, nobody knows how to cook anything in this house. <laughs> right. But, but uh, so, so now that they're 19 and 20, all right, I, I got them on uh, telling them, hey, if you pay rent, 
you'll be able to move out whenever you want because you know how much you'll be paying. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I kind of yeah, got yeah. them in this mentality. They're like, that's a great idea. Yeah, so, that's a good So strategy. they're paying one-fourth of the rent. So what does that mean? That means I'm only paying half of what I normally did so I can go out and get these gigs now, now that you, are very low. I mean, the, the, the gigs are low. Absolutely, I mean, almost yeah. half price of what I was coming out for in 2007. That's crazy. You know, I mean, yeah. Well, you know what? I think I opened for you, I think it was probably around 2007, 2008, because you were just starting to put together that Vegas show. Okay, yes, it was, it was before then. So, it, it, yeah, 2007, okay. 2007, yeah. because I had it in 2009 okay. in uh, uh, the Greek Isle. And then that was... What was Vinny's, Vinny Paul's role in that? He was involved in that project okay. somehow? Yeah, he, he laid down the money for it. Vinny Paul, okay. uh, the drummer for Pantera, uh, him and his brother had put into a fund uh, $50,000 a piece, and whoever died first, the other one got the $100,000. Wow. Well, I was Dimebag Daryl's favorite stand-up comedian. He, he, he was almost at every show. He was, I mean, he was a big fan. He wanted me to perform. I mean... He, I performed at a private party at their house one time, and there was nobody. Everybody was all drunk and sitting around. He was the one sitting front row center, and there was maybe three other people listening. But it was just kind of like, this is weird. But he was just like, man, no, there I want to hear. Yeah, that, yeah, just right front row. It's just weird. It was a weird. He really enjoyed my comedy that much. He, yeah. he used to tell my wife that it, it was like a, a a good record that he could just listen to over and over. And I didn't I didn't understand that. I didn't because comedy is element of surprise. Right. So when you say you can listen to it over and over, <laughs> Once you I mean the, the punchline. Yeah, the laughter is <laughs> diminished every time you hear it. Yeah. I mean, you know, at least it halved every time that you hear it. Yeah. I mean, so now was your act because that's one thing uh, I think I'm, you and I are simpatico as far as Pantera was one of my and still is one of my favorite bands okay. saw them live several times and, and when Dimebag was killed for me that was my John Lennon I could tell you exactly where I was when I heard the oh, name yeah. it was, it was oh, devastating yeah. so did you and have, on the same day of John Lennon was it really that I didn't yeah. know wow yeah December 8th that's crazy. Both of them. I know that that is that it makes it even more weird. Right, right. Now, did you have that because your your act in my recollection there's a there's definitely sort of a heavy metal sensibility to it in terms yes. of your style, your affect, all that stuff. Yes. Did you have that before? No, I did not. In fact, uh, it went a little more towards the heavy metal, and that's why I took another hiatus, why I haven't been on the road in at least another four years. After things didn't work out with the Vegas show, uh, he took that $100,000, and the whole thing was whoever got the $100,000 got to do whatever. Well, I was Dime's favorite stand-up, so Vinny thought, well, hey, you've always wanted a show in Vegas. Let's take your show to Vegas. But it was mismanaged. The money was mishandled. Gotcha. Uh, it broke up like a bad band would break up. Oh. You know, uh, haven't had haven't had talked to Vinny since 2010. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Sucks, yeah, it yeah. is a shame. But but uh, I talked to Rita. Rita's uh, dimes. Uh, uh, widow. Widow. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Not really. They weren't married. Gotcha. But, okay. But I guess they they call it. What what do they, what do they call that? Uh, okay. Common law there marriage. You go. Common but, law widow. But I don't think that. I don't even think that that the, that pertains anymore. I don't yeah. think common law is even one of those things that happens anymore. But um, she, I, she had t talked to me. She said, "You know, don't, don't, don't worry about that." That, that, that. Uh, Dime had said that if Vinny weren't his brother, they probably wouldn't have been friends, just because they both had opposite personalities. Yeah. So she said, "Just the fact that you didn't get along with Vinny, don't, don't let that think that you know 
the dime still loved you is what yeah. she said so but but for the last three years i had gone on on quite a, a depression and then trying to go back out on the road and then telling me what the pay was and then saying thinking i can't even feed my family with this now so i had to wait another two years for my son to graduate so then when he graduated now he's on this now he's on this pay and rent thing yeah yeah I finally go back out i'm so excited about this man so what did that do for you creatively because i know a lot of the comics that i talk to certainly here at looney's i mean this is why they get out of bed is to get up on stage and tell jokes. So what did that do for you as far as a creative outlet during that, that hiatus? How did you handle that? Um, I, I kind of went into a, a cocoon, kind of went into a cave where I, I kind of wanted to forget who I was because like you said, I had these heavy, heavier elements in my act that just weren't, weren't true to my original core of what I was where I was going. I'm more of a Pearl Jam type. That's just kind of as heavy as I get. Pearl Jam Soundgarden. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I didn't ever. I didn't even. I couldn't even identify a Pantera song when they met me. Yeah. If you would have played a Pantera song, I would have. I would have been. Who's this? I don't know. You know. I mean, that's how much I didn't know. And I think that's what Dime liked about me. Yeah. Was the fact that I didn't know anything. Right. You weren't of, just a fan. I didn't know any of this Right. Right. <laughs> In fact, the first time I met them. Uh, he had said that they had seen my show five times, and I was like, wow. I didn't know you I didn't, because I guess they sneak in, sneak out kind of thing, right? And he goes, you're one of my favorites. You know, hey, come, come bowling with us. And I was like, bowling? Cool, let's go. <laughs> I, he said, hey, go meet me at the bowling alley. I said, I know that it's the one with the uh, uh, plane tail sticking out of the back. It looks like a plane crashed into it, because they have a tail section of a plane sticking out of it. And uh, uh, he goes, yeah, that's the one. All right, cool. So I, I go, let me go get paid, and I'll, I'll meet you there. So I'm in the manager's office getting paid. Ten minutes later, you hear it knock on the door. All of a sudden, it's, a, it's, a, it's his a security guy. Hey, man, a dime, dime wanted me to come check on you. And, and uh, yeah, hey, I, I said I'll meet him at the bowling alley. I know where it is. So just uh, that's cool. I'll, I'll meet him at the bowling alley. All right, cool. Uh, talking to the manager. Ten minutes later, another knock on the door. Hey, man, uh, you, you got to come with me. What, what's up, dude? I said I, I meet you there. I know where it is. Well, dime, dime doesn't think you're gonna go, man. So you got to come with us. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's not so, isn't it? Now, now before all of that, I mean, you because you've been doing stand up since eighty uh, seven. I started seven. Mm-hmm. So what? What was what was Chinaman's act? Yeah, early on. Uh, what, what did that look you, you, like? You're right because oh, I started out as as Mark Britton, and then I then I okay. decided I wanted to go with this character Chinaman because it's a lot easier to remember nicknames. Uh, you, you know, I can't tell you how many people haven't remembered Mark Britton, and still to this day, yeah. you know, and it's spelled B-R-I-T-T-E-N, another another pet peeve of mine right. is people spell it O-N, O-N, or they spell it like Britain, like Great Britain, <laughs> and it's like, how is anybody going to find me yeah. online or anywhere else yeah. if you misspell it? Clubs do it all the time, and it's like, wow, you know, if anybody Googled that, dang, that, it, total miss. Complete yeah. miss. There's so nothing. Chinaman was kind of a strategic yes, move on your part. It was. It was. But but then I uh, now now I, I mean I'm trying out for America's Got Talent this ne- this next year. This nice. is this is my year that I go for it. You know, um, I think that I have what it takes because uh, because of all the voices that I do. I mean, I, I I don't know of anybody who does as many voices as I do. You know, it, it's a, it's a voice geek thing where you sit there and you look at other people, the voices they do, and you just go, right, no, they right. don't do as many, and they don't know who's good. You know. Uh, uh, so I think that I'm perfect for America's Got Talent. I think I can win that thing. Now, when you first started, were you doing impersonations at that time as uh, well, or did I, that I, evolve? Yes, I was doing impersonations, but it only encompassed about three minutes of my 20-minute uh, opening set, or you know, it, it mean, I'd have headliners bash me the whole time, telling me how, oh, oh, you do this uh, uh, shiny, shiny. Uh, 
object comedy that, that after you you go up, nobody wants to see anything, but they, they don't want to hear voices and juggling and, you know what I mean? I'm just like, wow. Because I used to like, to, I used to pull some props out and still to this day, I pull up props every now and again. Yeah, yeah. I just love it. I, I, I think comedy, this, the comedy stage is meant for comedy. So if it's something that somebody's laughing at, that's where it belongs. Right. You know? So did you get a, uh, kind of a hard time like, it was gimmicky, or I mean, what was the, uh, uh, the yes, negative yes, feedback uh, that you were getting? Uh, uh, all the comics were telling me it was kind of carrot topish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to do, yeah. That is novelty. Oh, so, that's novelty. You'll stop doing voices. I've had headliners tell me as soon as I was opening for them. Oh, you'll stop doing voices probably uh, in about ten years. You won't do any more voices. Well, it just became more and more voices to me, <laughs> you know. And then, and then, in, when I got went through my divorce, I started working at a topless bar, and I uh, I went through divorce in '99. Worked at a topless bar, and while I was there, I started doing impressions of music, m- music singers and stuff. The, and and I would notice that when I would do the impression on the microphone while the girl was dancing, nobody would look back at me like, "Hey, I heard some uh, that does, that's not part of the record." Do you know what I mean? Right. So I knew I was doing the voice, and I was adding extra. And it was new newer songs that were coming out, like Matchbox Twenty and stuff. I would go ahead and 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 put stuff in there that had already been in the song earlier, but it was such a new song that people didn't know all the lyrics. So if I added something that was the same lyric in a part that was normally just music, they didn't know because it was kind of new. And then I was doing it and was like, wow, I love doing music impressions. And then that's when I thought, okay, I'm going to go back out and take away Mark Britton and let's go for China Man, yeah. and then let's make it this rock and roll persona. I wanted to, I wanted to bridge and, and make it more rock and roll persona. That's why I start my act. I start my act with about forty-five seconds of silence. I mean, the audience doesn't even know what's going on. They're sitting yeah. there. They're sitting there going, "What is?" Because I'm singing. You know what I mean? And and that's one of the unique things about my opening that I that I love. That when I went through my divorce, I found that opening. I can follow just about any act. Because I go up and I don't even do a joke for 45 seconds to a minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just dead silent out there and I'm singing a song. Now, when did you get comfortable with that? Because I would imagine, you know, starting out and then having, you know, what you would view as, um, you know, people that were above you giving you advice that, hey, man, this isn't going to work. You can't keep doing the voices. You can't yes, keep. Yes. Like, how did you get comfortable <laughs> with like, you know what? I'm going to keep doing it. Screw you guys. You're and, right. Because there's not many of us out there. Exactly. We're I a mean, dying so, breed. Do, so did you ever doubt that at any point where it's like, well, crap, maybe I do need to change it's, my approach? No. Or, it, yeah. I guess it brought, brought a little bit of doubt. But in my head, I, 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 it's always been something I've enjoyed. I don't know why I enjoy it. I don't know why I enjoy sitting at home with headphones on, with a microphone in my hand, <laughs> uh, listening to a, a sound clip, and then repeating it exactly the same. Right. And, and making it sound I- exact to the T. Now, had to, you always been doing that? Like, even as a kid, did you emulate, like, relatives yes, and things yes. like that? I started in third grade. Uh, Mork from Ork was the first. <laughs> right. Was my first. Robin Williams was my first impression. Yeah. And it really helped me through a lot of uh, um, bullying you know, being being half Asian and kids kids are just cruel, man. You know, you, any any time that they right. find a way to, and they saw me making kids laugh, so they 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 start bullying me. But then again, the laughter made me feel like I had kids on my side. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, uh, I've been doing voices since third grade. So when did you start to develop the sensibility that I want to get up in front of strangers and try this, and I'm going to start writing material and that sort of stuff? How did that evolve? Were you a fan of stand up, or what was the yes. 
what even planted the seed for you to get on stage? Yes, uh, Eddie Murphy. Okay. Eddie Murphy. Uh, Howie Mandel was a big influence as well. So, and if you notice, my act is kind of a little more different. It's odd. It's not like a lot of different. A- it's not like a lot of other acts out there. It's got a lot of music impressions, and they're all meshed in with with comedy. I can do more music impressions than I actually have in my show. But one of the prerequisites for me to do it on a comedy stage is that it has to have comedy in it. Yeah. Or else I don't do it. Because I mean, I do a David Bowie impression. I do all kinds of impressions. I could do. Tons of music impressions that I don't have material for. Right, right. You know, so I mean that 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 that, and in and of itself, it, even to be a tribute artist, uh, doing that in Vegas, I would have such an advantage because I could do tributes. But if I wanted to break away and do comedy, I could break away and do comedy. Who does? There's nobody that's doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I've so, always been on this on this route to try to create that. So when did you decide? Um because I think a lot of uh, comedians, when they start off, they do a couple open mics. They, they may oh, yeah, get a, yeah. an, an oh. MC spot or whatever. When did you? When were you able to identify yourself as a stand-up comedian? This is what I do now. Uh, I. Hmm, this is what I do now. The, your original professionally, friend, I guess. Well, yes, yes. Oh, professionally. Well, I, I, had, I, I went to the University of Texas in Austin for two and a half years. And then I bailed out to pursue uh, my dream instead of my parents' dream of me becoming a doctor or getting that degree, you know. So, I mean, I bailed out. I, I, I was going to be the mascot. I, I had already had the clothing and was getting ready to go to, to camp for being a mascot at University of Texas in Austin. I was going to be Bevo. I was going to be the Longhorn. But then I remember my roommates and, and, and roommates in, in my dorm were telling me, man, if, if I ever see you in that costume, I'm just going to punch you in the nuts if you come down our aisle. And you just start thinking about stuff like that as a 19-year-old. That's kind of traumatic to be thinking, wow, this might be good. But little did I think about it because whenever I, as soon as I hit 40, I rethought the whole proposition. And here I am, a 40-year-old, back, back at home after my Vegas show didn't work out, thinking, holy crap, Eureka, I could have... I could have had all those cheerleaders. <laughs> you could have been Bebo for I crying out loud. Yes. <laughs> Why didn't I just at least just experience that? So, so at any point, because because I think a lot of times too. Uh, I missed. It. I could have. I got, if I just would have been Bebo, and I could have just been in the back of the van going to the gigs with the girls, and the girls would be like, "My boyfriend broke up with me. Can I just lay my head in your lap?" Sure. <laughs> for the uh, for the podcast listener, one lone tear just came out. Oh of man. I oh, mean, I'm telling you, I've, I've, I woke up in sweat. <laughs> over sweats over that. My wife was like, "You got it. You got to let that go." You got okay. Yeah, sorry. We, I just you know one thing that's come up a lot on this podcast is is Looney's. I think it's a great club here in Colorado Springs, but by and large, I think it would be uh, you know considered a B room. Uh, it's a small market, and and a lot of the comedians that I've talked to, there's been moments throughout their career where they're like, "Why am I doing this?" I'm just it's a you know one club to the next and night after yes. night and all that kind of stuff. So having yes. done this for almost 30 years now, yes. how, how do you keep doing it? What, it is what, a, it is a dead end. You? The road is a dead end. Okay, the road, you have to look at the road as your day job. That's your day job. So when people say, hey, don't quit your day job, that is your day job because that pays your bills. Yeah. You know, and, and, and another reason why I'm glad that I was able to quit comedy for a while because I started to get bitter about it being my only means to pay my bills. I didn't want to have to do comedy. I wanted to be able to do it because I wanted to do it. And I'm back there now where yeah. I can. I'm, I'm, I'm in Colorado Springs because I chose to be this time. Not because, oh my gosh, I got I to gotta pay some rent. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what I do. Well, what did that feel like for you doing something that you were and, and, and are passionate about 
but where it did feel like a burden. What, what was that process like for you where it's like, I, I love being a comedian. I don't want to go up on stage and tell jokes because it's the grind of it is getting to me before this yes. kind of you know yes. resurgence for yourself. What was yes. that like? Uh, uh, in fact, I was starting to even not enjoy the fans that come out every time. And I mean, I have, I have, my act is a little more weird because even though comedy is an element of surprise, the noveltiness of what I do, people still like to see the voices come out of my face, which is, which is weird yeah. to me that they could see it over and over. I had a lady in Salt Lake, uh, told me she goes i've seen your show five times and i was like wow i go so you came here the last five years you've been here at least the last five years and she goes no five times this week she goes i won't be able to make the sunday show because i gotta work and i'm like well i go am i even doing anything new that's i mean crazy. every you saw it five times this week yeah to when 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 stuff like when they say stuff like that i've i've had some uh i had some kids drove six hours to see my show a couple of boys uh, college kids drove six hours and I was like wow and they, they came there and they go well we bought four tickets and I go well we're hanging out there's only two of you well, I, well the, our dates didn't couldn't make it but I told him I said well, if we I said did you get a refund or anything for your tickets <laughs> no uh uh well you drove the six hours dude I told him if you were within six hours we would come drive and he goes I just turned 21 last month and he said I saw you were within six hours and we got in the car and he goes we just left the girls the girls didn't want to go so he was like screw it so what does like, that do for you I mean that sounds like such a that feels neat, but, yeah. but I began to resent stuff like that because people, sometimes they'd come up and be, be like, hey, have you written anything new? And that's a lot of pressure, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you don't know if you've written anything new. Right. You've been doing your act on the road for that same year or for the uh, next year, the next year, the next year. You might have written new stuff, but you don't notice when you write it because you. It, 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 I Just, might write two minutes in a night or, or three minutes in a week, but I don't notice that I wrote that. Three minutes out of an hour yeah. doesn't so, really so, even So during that register. hiatus, were you able to really focus on, I'm going to start writing new material or okay. I'm going to restructure my act? Or I mean, yes. did you really yes, kind I did. of reinvent things a I little did. bit? In fact, uh, uh, my whole purpose in taking another hiatus for about uh, three to four years, this last hiatus, was to, uh, and I was still doing comedy every now and again, like every six months or so, I'd climb up on stage and do a, 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 a one-night show for an hour and a half, two hours, just because I, I, I did miss it. But in the end, just to kind of clean the pipes, just, just just to make sure I could still do it. Yeah. But I also wanted to forget, you know, uh, um, you have to kind of forget who you are in order to recreate yourself on in in especially from from my end because I was going real heavy like you said I was getting a little more heavy metal yeah, because yeah. I was hanging out in that heavy metal group so I started to have more and more heavy metal references more and more heavy metal songs were coming in more and more heavy metal impressions it's kind of like right and that's such a small subculture of it music. really is it really is and so uh, I had to I had to forget so that I could come back and I was I started to re-examine my act and I started to notice that as well hanging out in that group my act didn't get what didn't have as much of a positive seed to it as I would have wanted it to and so so I, I, I wanted to take back that positive element and and in order to do that I had to kind of sit back and, and, and forget what I did and every now and again listen to it and think wow I was really sarcastic there I shouldn't do that yeah. I, when I was doing an impression of Rob Thomas here's an example I was doing an impression of Rob Thomas doing his goat voice. When I say Rob Thomas sounds like a goat, and I go, well, I wonder what it's like to be a superhero. Well, I wonder what it's like to sing just like a goat. All right, so I do that, and I do for you and me, right? Okay, well, anyways, I do that impression, and I do it on stage, and uh, what was it? One of his fans tweeted that clip to him. They put it on his timeline, 
and and she was like, "This guy is such a dick." You know, I, I, I don't think that I don't think that you sound like this at all. And he listened to it and he was like, I thought it was kind of funny. Right. Well, uh, then we started to listen to and then we knowing that he listened to it. We were li- we listened to his next album and the one after that. He took the vibrato out of his voice. And it's like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I don't want to be. And I don't know if it was me, but subconsciously shit like that (laughs) gets to people whether they say it doesn't or not it still does yeah all right so i was noticing that stuff like that you know uh uh, i noticed uh garth brooks's because i'm I'm real keen on hearing different notes i noticed garth brooks's um voice on his last remake he doesn't do his yodeling like he used to do his he used to do his uh uh what is it our lives are better left to change you know that it's got that little yodel in the back of his voice okay well well now he was singing it uh, and when he remade it recently he was doing our lives are better left to chance and it just sounds normal it's no our lives but i used to make fun of the our like he yodels because i used to say that he yodels i used to make fun of and I don't know if it was me that might have done it or they might have heard my bit because that bit's been out since the mid-90s. So they, chances are they could have heard it or somebody heard it and brought it to him and was like, hey, Garth, look, he's making fun of you. So uh, were you really <clears throat> well, you know, sort of conscious <laughs> and aware of like, hey, I don't want to... I want to make jokes and I want to talk about contemporary I artists. I wasn't. Right, at all. but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That's not my I goal. I had a buddy and, come around and finally tell me, hey, you know, you're, you're kind of sarcastic. You're kind of. Was that surprising weird. to you to have yeah, that? Well, it, well, it, <sighs> Yeah, it, it was. It was kind of a, just a smack, kind of because when people tell me things, I always have a, a tendency to look inward and to see if, is that is that how it really is. I, I, I use that to question me. I don't use it. I don't use it to beat my ego down or anything because yeah. I, I'm the, I'm the one who's who's in charge of my ego. So in the end, I go, am I really that way? Am I really an asshole like that? Like yeah. they say, let me think about it, and, and I go back. Is that something that's come well, with with age? Do you think where? It, you know, no, no, I've, I've just always been that way because people are always like, people are always like, well, why do you want to know what my, what my mom thinks about you? Or why do I want to know what so and so thinks about you? Just, I just want to know. It's feedback to me. Right, That's right. evolutionary feedback to where I can, I can change if if I decide nah, or, or I could just be like, ah, oh, they're full of crap. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. Some, sometimes they're full of crap, and I just go, no, uh, I, I, I still think the way I think. Yeah. And, and that's okay. It's okay they think that way. I don't let it affect, uh, affect me. So, so having done this for again, you know, coming but, up. But on, my buddy, but but to get back oh, to that sure, real sure. quick, my buddy had told me you're kind of sarcastic. I don't want to be that guy that. Let's say I was at a party that Rob Thomas does show up at. Do I want to be the guy where Rob Thomas is like, oh shit, there's there's that Chinaman guy. Hide me, dude. Get don't don't let him see me. Fuck, don't. Oh man, I don't want it. We shouldn't be here. Let's get out of here. Or do I want to be the guy like, hey, there's Chinaman. He doesn't impress him. Hey, man, that's a great impression of me that you do, dude. And them coming over. Yeah. So, yes, I want to be that guy. I don't want to be the other guy where they're just like trying to avoid me, you know, because I made fun of them. Right, right. I want to say this is why we like music, not this is what I'm making fun of. Right. Because why? I listen to that music, too. So for me to do it, it's kind of hypocritical for me to make fun of them when right, that's the right. music I listen to. I mean, I couldn't do the impression if I didn't listen to it that much. So was it scary for you to make changes to your material, stuff that you knew 
worked and made people laugh and then to kind of like well, i'm actually going to start changing it up a little bit it's just the Did vibe it feel like mainly. you were starting over no it's mainly better? the vibe okay. I, I had to realize it's mainly the vibe that i changed yeah and and and, and i also changed the fact that I, I had to realize that china man is a road persona i can go my china man out on the road because everybody out here gets it yeah you go to california and you say china man people just think that you said the n-word or something <laughs> it's like what the hell just happened here <laughs> right. you know what i mean so then yeah. that's why i go by kid walk as well because nicknames I'm telling you, you always remember nicknames. That's why rappers knew that. That's yeah, why. Yeah. That's why you always remember rapper names. Little Wayne. You remember. You remember all these. All these rappers. Eminem. You. You wouldn't remember them if they had their regular names. Now, Nobody being, does. You know, going back to the Chinaman, uh-huh. the the Asian American. Yeah. Um, the growing up in a family like that. Mm-hmm. Was there ever any family members that are like, dude, you're kind of crossing the line. Don't go by Chinaman. What are you doing? No, they called. They were the ones that. The reason I went by it was because they were the ones that called me that. In fact, <laughs> get this. My grandmother's full-blooded Chinese. My grandfather's half Chinese, half Spaniard. Uh, and and so my mom's from the Philippines. Okay, get this. So Filipino is Chinese and Spaniard. People don't know that. When the Spaniards came over, it was inhabited by the Chinese. The Philippines was. And then the Spaniards came over and kind of conquered and raped and pillaged. And there you go. There you have the Filipinos. Wow. So, uh, 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 you know, just to... Just to uh, they used to look at me when I was younger. My mom used to say, you know, you don't look Filipino. You look like a little China man. And my mom would say, you look like a little China man. <laughs> and and they would say that too. They would call, say, you look like a, yeah. Right, right. And so it kind of stuck in my head and it kind of stuck, you know, but it, it wasn't ever. And it's weird because some people, when they say China man, I say China man like a superhero. I don't right, say right, Chinaman. Right. You know Chinaman. what I mean? Yeah, Chinaman. Yeah. And that's Spider-Man. the thing. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Is that they don't, it's not Spider-Man. It's not, look up in the sky, it's Superman. No, who's Superman? The supervisor? Is the supervisor Superman? (laughs) Here comes my Superman. Well, Chinaman, I think the show has started. Okay, cool. And I appreciate your time. One last quick question for you. You know, again, I I, I have a a lot of admiration for folks that do stand-up comedy. I know it's it's a tough business to be in, and certainly to have the career that you've had is, is admirable, to say the least. So what... What advice would you give a young comic starting out, just sort of generally speaking, as far as some open micer comes up to you and says, man, I'm, I want to have a 30-year career in stand-up comedy. What do I do? What, what, what pearls of wisdom would you be able to pass along after your, the, the, the amount of experience and, and time on the road and everything that, that comes with it? What would you, what would you hmm. share? I would say uh, uh, one of the weirdest and e- most easiest things that I've ever heard anybody say was uh, make sure that the funniest word is at the very end. I mean, a lot of people will write a joke and they'll they'll step on it by telling the punchline and then two more words or three more words afterwards. And you might go, I, I, I went eight years before I realized some of my jokes, like five of my jokes still had that element in it. And then I just rearranged it and bam, those jokes went from ones, I mean, from threes to fives. I mean, they, they just jumped on a scale of one to five. They jumped and it's just like, wow, just simple things like that. And yeah. another thing, always do what's funny to you. Don't care about what's funny to anybody else. Don't do what's funny for the audience. Don't do what's funny for anybody else. You do what's funny for you, and you'll find people that jump on board that think that that's funny. And those are your fans right there, those people who, 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 who think like you and who think that that's funny. And because you think that's funny, those are your real fans. That's why I said any of those people who told me, don't do voices, don't do this, those weren't my real fans. Yeah. They wouldn't have been my fans anytime. 
Do you know what I mean? So, nice, man. so That's just, good yeah, just do what you do and people will be attracted to it. You know, don't hone your comedy for the people. Don't go say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this joke for them and they're going to laugh because I'm going to say what they're going to like. You don't know what they're going to like. Yeah. Nice, you know what man. you like. So. Excellent. Well, Chinaman, it was a pleasure, my friend. Thanks Enjoy your uh, weekend here at Loonies and welcome back to the Springs. Thanks for having me. All right. So there you have it. Chinaman was in the Springs. A big thank you to Mark Britton for taking time out before his headlining weekend run at Looney's to be on the show. Thank you to Eric and the folks at Looney's Comedy Corner for their continued support. And as always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the Springs. <laughs>